0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to Crunch Squad. This is a podcast within a podcast where we discuss the rules, the mechanics, and number crunching behind this wonderful game's Dungeons & Dragons. I'm not the normal host. I'm Mickey. I normally play the warlock Malamara. But today, I am hosting so that our actual host can be interviewed today we're joined by ned it's me guys hello awesome here's our resident kobold our lovely druid he's also responsible for many of our uploads getting up on the internet so if you like to listen to our podcast big shout out to him because that's an important part of podcasting how are you doing tonight ned
1: i'm doing pretty swell our apartment complex had a garage sale and i went and I bought myself a nice new beanie and i'm just feeling pretty fly you know
0: you're feeling the druid life. Oh, I feel yeah. It. Ned, what do you like about playing druid? Why did druid kind of attract you to that class of all of the classes that you could have?
1: Yeah, when I try to think of what class in D&D is the most akin to a Swiss army knife, it is the druid. There are a lot of classes that have a lot of versatility, both in and outside of combat. We've already talked a lot about how versatile the Rogue can be and how versatile the Warlock can be, but the Druid, I think, kind of edges out a little bit over a lot of those classes, mostly because of the wide variety of spells that they can choose from. And while the Bard is also a very good Swiss Army Knife kind of class, They have a lot of baked-in support options, trying to help their fellow party members get a bit of an advantage in combat and whatnot. But the druid is very much just like a blank slate of, I can do pretty much whatever I want.
0: Absolutely. I've heard that druids, those who've played druids, usually say it's one of the hardest classes to play Mm. because you have access to the entire spell list at the start of every day. Uh, I think it's druids, paladins, and clerics, yeah. I believe, have access to their full spell list. And so every long rest, when you wake up, you have to choose so many spells that have at your disposal. But I feel like the druid has, like you said, a Swiss army knife. They have the most combat utility and support spells that kind of uh, you can pick from every day. Whereas a bard, I feel like if you're a Swiss army knife, you've kind of focused mm-hmm. your Swiss army knife. <laughs> Whereas druids like every morning, It's like, let's see what we're gonna do today. Has there been anything so far that has surprised you about playing a druid?
1: Yeah, actually, early on, I was intending to be much more of a support-oriented spellcaster, but eventually I've just kind of realized that, you know, with the versatility of the spells, being able to completely change out my spell list every day, I really can just kind of look at what we've got ahead of us and customize my spell list for what we need. If I know that we're going to be going into combat that day, I'll have Produce Flame ready. I'll bring in my Moonbeam and maybe a Flaming Sphere or a Thunder Wave. If we know that we're going to be in a place where a lot of damage might be taken, then I might take some more support spells like Cure Wounds or Healing Word. If I know that we're moving into a situation where my friends are really going to shine, I might also bring in more support spells, like Guidance is a huge one for Fleeple, he uses it all the time. And then if I know that we're not going to be in combat, maybe we're going to be doing a little bit of just like exploration or some interaction, I can bring in some more utility spells like Pass Without Trace or maybe Mending or Speak With Plants or something like that. And so what I've really kind of settled into that did surprise me early on is... I don't have to try and pigeonhole Fleeple into his role within the party because his Mm -hmm. role within the party can change based on what is needed on the given day.
0: So far, have you found that to be a challenge of balancing the the combat utility and support spells, or have you had a time where you wished you'd taken a different spell, or you maybe prepared to be a support character? You're like, oh crap! Well, now I need combat.
1: Yeah. There's always the moments where you get to that point where it's like, oh, it, this would be such the perfect time to have Pass Without Trace prepared right now because we need to sneak past these people. But I didn't think we were going to be sneaking today, so I don't have Pass Without Trace on me. There's an episode coming up in the future that we haven't listened to yet, but it's not going to be too much longer, where like the group spent a long time coming up with this plan that really Hinged on two specific spells that Fleeple had prepared. And so I prepared those spells and then our plan kind of went sideways and I was like, uh, 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 uh wh- what do I do? What do I do now? I wish I had other spells that I could use. So when you get to that moment, you'll probably recognize it.
0: I know exactly the situation you're talking about. And I want you to know, I did not realize that you were um, floundering. So... Oh, thank you. Both, both in real life and as a as a character, you do a very good job of keeping cool under pressure.
1: Uh, since my early childhood, I have been very good at swallowing my emotions.
0: <laughs> uh, every every player <laughs> is a little bit different in the way that they keep track of their spells. Mm-hmm. H- how do you keep track of spells? Do you have like the druid spell cards? Do you like to write out all of your spells so you know what's going on? Do you have for lack of a better word, a a druid spell book that you, instead of looking in the player's handbook or in Tasha's or in the myriad of other, you know, spells that you have access to, how do you keep track of your spells and keep track of what you've prepared for the day as a player?
1: Yeah, so I actually use a website called magicalscrolls.com. It's made by an independent party. This person just decided they wanted to make a free D&D reference for the entire world to use. And that's what they did. You can support them through like Patreon or through Ko-Fi. But you want a good way to track your spells, it's nice and simple. Just magicalscrolls.com and you can create an account where you can make spell books where it's like, okay, I know that I'm playing as Fleeple today, I'll bring up Fleeple's spell book, and it has all the details right there in front of you. And it doesn't have all of it has like the names of all the spells in there, but it doesn't have all the details for all of the spells because, you know, the spells aren't exactly open source, except the ones that are in the basic rules. So you'll have to go in there and type in the details for some of them. But on the whole, it's just a really quick system to use. I honestly even prefer it to using d and Beyond's spell system, and they have a pretty good one.
0: Wow, well, I had no idea that that even existed. Thank you for plugging them.
1: No problem. I might
0: have to. I <laughs> might have to look into that for some uh, campaigns. That's pretty cool. I'm a paper and pencil girl. Like I, I love that people use D&D Beyond, and I have friends that use Mythweaver. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, site to track their characters. That way, no matter where they are, they just have access to a digital copy of their. Characters, but I have like binders. (laughs) I keep binders, and I write out all my spells and like my wizard. I was starting to create a legit like spell book for it Mm. that had arcane symbols in it and had paintings in it and had the spell list, so it looked really cool just for myself because I'm that kind of person, I guess. But I like to write it all out, and so I didn't. But I didn't know that it was all combined in one place. What was that site? One more time.
1: Magicalscrolls.com.
0: That's awesome.
1: But yeah, it's definitely, you know, different strokes for different folks. I've heard a lot of arguments for, you know, if you take a stack of index cards and you write down every single word for all of your spells, there's just like an extra degree of connection that you have with that, having gone through and written down all the words. Um, That's not the way that I roll personally, but it's uh, definitely valid if that's the way that you like to do it.
0: Yeah. Fortunately, I've only ever played spellcasters that don't have that many spells. (laughs) (laughs) wizards only have so many spells and warlocks only have so many spells uh i think that my method would quickly fall apart if i were to play a druid (laughs) because there are just so many spells so many incredible spells and so many specific spells yeah that really the wording of it is a big thing that i i don't know if thomas likes this or not but i'm a big like this is how i read it do you agree with that or do you, like, do you have a different interpretation of that? Because some spells are quite open to interpretation. And yeah. so I try really hard when I, when I cast a spell that I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure that's what this spell does. Or it doesn't specifically say that I can't do this. What do you as the DM say?
1: <laughs> yeah, and when you say there are a lot of specific spells, like I already briefly mentioned Speak with Plants that's a spell that has a very limited scope and is going to be very useful in a very limited amount of situations or something mm-hmm. like meld into stone. It's the kind of thing where it's like, do I do I waste a spell slot on, well, do I waste one of my prepared spells on learning how to meld into stone today? But you just know that eventually there's gonna be that situation where you're gonna be so happy you prepared meld into stone.
0: Yep. <laughs> Melvin the Stone always makes me so mad because you can only be in one place. Mm-hmm. But you it always feels like, is it walk, Earthwalk or, I'm trying to remember what it is in D&D, where you can move through the Earth? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Well, eventually I'll figure out a way to turn into an Earth Elemental and then we're going to have a good time.
0: Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Annette, I don't know if you have this ready, but do you have a favorite... We talked about combat skills, utility spells, and support spells. Do you have either a favorite, or Fleeple has a favorite spell that no matter what, this combat spell is always on your list, this utility spell, and this support spell is always on your list, or it's your like your first go-to of each of those types of spells?
1: Yeah, so fortunately, the way that cantrips work, I always know that I've got produced flame, I've always got primal savagery and guidance, and I've always got mending. I've never used it. Maybe that wasn't the best choice. But as far as like spells that are swapping out regularly, I always have healing word prepared because it's the most versatile healing spell. It doesn't heal as much as cure wounds does, but it's a bonus action and you can cast it at a distance. So healing word is always prepared, and I think that might be that might be the only spell that I haven't swapped out the entire time that we've been playing in this campaign actually. But if I can, I'll usually try to have healing word and cure wounds um, Thunderwave is very central to Fleeple's character at this point. There's a couple spells like that, like, we've had so many good thematic moments with Thunderwave and with Moonbeam where, as I started looking more at the mechanics, I'm like, you know Flaming Sphere might be mechanically superior to Moonbeam I might want to look at swapping that out but it's Moonbeam, and it's kind of a Fleeple original now, so
0: it sure is.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta stick with what the story demands.
0: that's right. Just a second ago, we talked about uh, someday Fleeple can turn into an earth elemental. Uh, One of the things that druids do is, of course, wild shape that um, is unique to this type of spellcaster, the druids. Rangers have their familiars and warlocks and wizards can cast find familiar, but druids can become their own familiars. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a phrase that you've been using a lot in our campaign that as long as you have wild shape, you're still up. You still have AC. You still have hit points. Mm-hmm. It's it might be worrisome to say that we have that. It's become a saying in our campaign, but <laughs> it has been.
1: It's also true.
0: It is also true. Uh, why don't will you tell us a little bit about specifically wild shape? One of the things about wild shape is you can't just level one can't become a giant eagle and Gandalf fly us out of danger. Mm-hmm. That there is a Uh, CR level that as you're increasing in your levels you can you can become bigger and better animals but I as a player don't fully understand how that CR level works and so uh, Ned if you would kind of explain first kind of why wild shapes awesome Mm -hmm. because it is and how you pick the animals that one we've already seen and we're going to kind of see as flippo levels up
1: Yeah, so just off the bat, Wild Shape is the most complex part of playing a druid, and it's one of the most complex features in the entire player's handbook. Like, if you look at class features throughout the handbook, some of them are like two or three lines long. Wild Shape has over an entire column all to itself, uh, just because there's so many conditional things about it. I guess we'll kind of start on maybe the combat side of things, because that's what a lot of people use Wild Shape for. And so that ties into the idea of challenge rating every monster in DD has what's called a challenge rating which defines how powerful it is so like if you've got three players fighting against something that's a challenge rating of one they're gonna have a much easier time than if they're fighting something that has a challenge rating of three or four and to keep in mind that we want every player to scale with the game start less powerful and then eventually get more powerful wild shape options are limited by challenge rating you look at any beast stat block in the monster manual, and if it is under a certain number of challenge rating, you can turn into it. So starting at second level, when you learn your wild shape, you can turn into anything up to a challenge rating of one fourth, then at fourth level, it bumps up to one half, and at eighth level, it bumps up to one. And this changes up a lot if you're playing a Circle of the Moon Druid. Like if you really wanna focus on wild shape, Make your subclass the circle of the moon, because it'll get a lot more powerful wild shapes. But for all the other druids, that's kind of what you're looking at. So when I started thinking about which creatures did I want to turn into, I pulled out the monster manual and started looking at just all the different stat blocks and making note of, okay, these are the creatures who have a really high armor class. These are the ones who have really high hit points. These are the ones who have a really good attack or a multi-attack, as the case may be. And so I've got a little list on my character sheet where it says stuff like, well, here, I've got my character sheet right here. So I have Draft Horse, good hit points and good damage. Elk, they can do extra damage if they charge. The Giant Badger, they've got multi-attack. So in combat, those are things that are very useful to keep in mind. But then also there's a utility that comes from Wild Shape as well. For stuff outside of combat or in combat as well stuff like having a movement speed or a special type of sense or a different size so for example like the axe beak not only does it have good hit points but it also has a really good speed or the panther not only does it have a really good pounce attack but it can also climb really well it has a climbing speed and a good walking speed as well so I've looked at that a lot like the the giant badger is a great example of i want something that can burrow choose a giant badger or turning into the axe beak i want something that can run away really quickly there you go turn into an axe beak and then stuff like size if you want to do some recon maybe you just turn into a spider and nobody's going to see you as you're crawling around as the spider or if you don't have dark vision maybe you turn into an owl and suddenly you can see in the dark as you're moving around so it might take more time to dig through all of those stat blocks and try and find all these details, but taking that extra time up front really opens up the options for what you can do with your wild shape.
0: I really like that you have it split up. You went through like the actual monsters and have split up into what you're looking for, so you don't have to look through the whole monster manual every time, and that you have specific like the, ha- the horse does this, that the panther has really great this, that if you the versatility and the utility even of the animals of, I need to burrow so I can use this, or I need to run away quickly so you know just instantly hey, I can use my axe beak and be able to run away really quickly. I think that's genius to use for wild shape, Especially because there is so much that you can do that druids can easily become very quickly overwhelmed by just the amount of stuff that they can do.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that it can be so overwhelming is even more of a sign that you should go in early on and just familiarize yourself as much as possible with what your capabilities are, and then take note of which ones you care about the most.
0: So, so far, we're several months into the, well, we're several months into releasing the campaign. We're, we're going on a year of playing the campaign. Have you enjoyed the versatility of the Druid with Fleeple?
1: I have enjoyed it so, 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 so much. And we've definitely seen a lot of moments where I've done things that have really kind of thrown Thomas for a loop and kind of thrown myself for a loop as well. Because if you've, if you've got a good mind for thinking outside the box and problem solving in unusual ways, then a druid is a really good option for you.
0: I agree. Real quick here at the end, just looking at the other things that druids can do. We weren't going to go into the druid circle feature uh, which is another element of versatility, that the different books have different circles that you can you can choose, which are essentially the druid subclass. The thing that mm-hmm. I thought was really fascinating that I didn't know before looking into druids is at level eighteen they have what's called timeless body, that for every ten years that pass your body only ages one year. And I was like, oh my gosh, elves live forever. They just become immortal druid people.
1: Yeah. And so we, like, Fleeple is already much, much older than your average kobold. And as soon as he hits 18th level, it's basically a guarantee that he's going to be the oldest kobold who has ever lived in the history of the Forgotten Realm. (laughs)
0: He'll be the legendary kobold. Also at 18, as your wild shape, because up until 18, you can't speak, right? Because animals don't talk in most worlds. Uh, But you can start casting spells in wild shape, which I think is awesome! I'm just like imagining a bear doing somatic components and casting fireball.
1: Yeah, there's an episode coming up again that I don't want to spoil, but I had to do some quick thinking to be like, okay, I want to cast a spell on this turn and use my wild shape. Got to make sure I cast the spell first, then turn into the animal so I can get both effects in the same turn. But, yeah, that one is super nice. If we ever get up to level 18, then you know I'm going to be turning into an axe beak and casting lots of spells.
0: Absolutely. And, of course, our favorite, the coolest thing that you can do, you know, level 20, an arch druid that you can use your wild shape an unlimited number of times. So, like we kind of said in our last Crunch Squad, I just wanted, like, that one shot of just animal shape after animal shape after animal shape. (laughs) would be awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because as it stands, you can only use Wild Shape twice per short rest, but as soon as I can do it unlimited, then I'll just be swapping from animal to animal to animal to animal, and it's going to be a great time. I'll be my own zoo.
0: <laughs> what a menagerie. All right, Ned, you are a resident expert on Druid. Is there anything else that you've really enjoyed or loved or felt that we've we've kind of glossed over too quickly being a Druid that you'd like to bring up at this point?
1: I think if you want to, if you're looking at like a party composition and you feel like you've got some good roles already to find, or you're not sure about what role you want to fill in the party, Druid is the way to go because you can do whatever you need, whenever you need it. As long as you've prepared for it, you're going to have to do some preparation, but you put in the time and you get a lot of dividends out of it. That's a finance thing.
0: <laughs> See, it's not just theater. He knows. He knows business and... Marketing and D&D, lots of D&D, lots of RPG.
1: (laughs) Yes, I, I am pretty awesome.
0: Guys, I'm so glad that you get to know Ned both as a player and as a GM through ICAST Fireball and Improv Tabletop. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Crunch Squad. We hope that you enjoy listening as much as we have enjoyed creating this content for you to listen to. From whenever you get your podcasts from, please leave us a review. It really helps boost our ratings through each podcast service and puts our show in other people's recommended feeds. We just like to give a shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, who have been talking to today, uh, takes a turn as the GM and runs through many one-month adventures using the Fate Accelerated Tabletop System. So whether you like tabletop games, improvisation, or just hearing so much more from Ned, because we all love hearing more from Ned, we recommend you give them a listen. But lastly, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends uh, and fellow wacky adventurers. Until next time, I'm Mickey, your Warlock, and tonight we are talking to...
1: You're listening to Ned, who plays Fleeple the Kobold Druid.
0: Keep the fire going and we'll see you next time.